The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. It's not every day that you encounter someone like Ivory Lane, a one of a kind pop old soul singer songwriter. Ivory Lane is a performing and recording artist, a session artist. As a songwriter, she's co written with some of the best Jimmy Robbins. Lori McKenna, and Shane McAnally, just to name a few. Her versatility and authenticity caught the attention of Justin Timberlake's Villa 40 Artist Development Company. Her latest single, Heaven, is out now. Ivory Lane, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Paul, thank you so much for having me and for that breathtaking introduction. (laughs) What would you say has always been the purpose of the art you create? Wow. Can I sound canned and say, what a great question, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I think the purpose for me has always been to connect with people. I feel like when I'm writing and performing and sharing music with anybody, I feel vastly more connected to them than any conversation that I've had, you know. Hmm. Is there a part of music that fascinates you the most? Hmm. Paul, I love it all. But I would say the part that fascinates me the most would probably have to be the production element. I just love seeing how songs are brought from, you know, one instrument and some lyrics into this whole sonic scape of a world. And that's something that I'm definitely trying to strengthen in my skill sets. I love production, but I'm nowhere near where I want to be but it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think that's the most fascinating part of making music to me right now. Production. So the first time that you set foot in a recording studio, was that something that was intimidating? Was it exciting? What did it feel like? Oh my gosh. It was definitely a lot of both. I was both very much intimidated by just, you know, all of the gear, all of the terminology, there's a whole other world that I feel like people don't even realize exists in making music. But I think my excitement probably outweighed the nerves and the intimidation factor because, yes, there were so many instruments and pieces of gear that I didn't understand, but all the more tools that I would be able to use to, you know, figure out this new sound. That's been one of the most challenging and probably most rewarding journeys that I've been on as an artist is figuring out how to craft my sound, what I want to sound like. So definitely a mixture of both of those emotions, though. You nailed it. You're originally from North Carolina, but now you're in Nashville. What about Nashville has surprised you? I think... I think Nashville... I always suspected that it would be a nice city to live in. I think the first time I came here, I was 14 and everyone seems so nice, but you always, you know, when you're visiting a town, you think, Oh, well, I'm just passing through. I'm not getting the full experience. And I think the most surprising thing to me about living here has just been the consistent kindness and generosity of so many creatives. There's not that much, of a 
competitive atmosphere here. In a, and I mean that in the best way. I feel like people are very collaborative and they want to help and they want to go out and have coffee with you and tell you how you could make your music better or set you up with someone who would be a great co-write with you. I've just, the camaraderie and the community here has really surprised me in the best of ways. What do you think the biggest misconception about Nashville is? Well, probably the misconception that every artist would say probably that, you know, a lot of people think that Nashville is strictly country music. And I actually very much enjoy country music and I've written with so many amazing country writers, but there are so many people from so many other genres that are moving to Nashville to honestly make this their home. And I think when I first moved out here, a lot of my friends from back home thought that I was going to become a country artist. And I tried to explain that, no, there are actually pop producers and pop writers out here. So I think that's a very common misconception people have about Music City, but it's something that's changing vastly day by day. You mentioned writing with these other songwriters. Who have you not written with that you want to? Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, Peter Gabriel is my idol. So I would love to write, I would love to write with him. I think it would be incredible to write with Ryan Tedder. Just everything that he's doing right now is really and everything that he's done has been really sharp and smart. And he just seems like someone who, yeah, it would be a great time to write with him, but I feel like I would learn a lot. Ivory, could you say that there has been a biggest obstacle in your life in terms of, of your pursuit of the arts? Mm. I would say the hardest thing for me has been just not giving up and continuing to pursue this career because I, I love music and it is a passion of mine. And I think any sort of passion project, like being an artist takes a lot of emotional stamina and it takes a lot of vulnerability, but yet this kind of steel plate heart that, has been difficult for me to develop, but it's been one of the most rewarding parts of honestly being a human. It's taught me a lot about life. So I think, yeah, the, the hardest, most difficult part is just the not giving up. And I'm really grateful to be surrounded by a lot of incredible creative friends and family members that encourage me to keep going every day. Do you think humility is important? Oh my gosh. I think it's the bedrock of life itself. I think it's beyond important, especially as an artist. I'm actually really excited to be releasing a song this next Friday and it's titled Me and it actually it actually talks about humility and selfishness, the inverse of that, which is something that I struggle with a lot especially being an artist which I think the temptation of being an artist is to make believe that life is all about you and life is all about your thoughts and your feelings and your dreams and ambitions. And there's just so much more to life. And I think that having humility and having the ability to realize greatness in others and greatness in your surroundings 
makes you a much more attentive and connected artist, a much more real artist, but also just a, a better person all around. One of the words that you mentioned earlier was you were talking about how it's important to be kind of vulnerable. And mm-hmm. something that's interesting about songwriters is a person who's not expressing themselves in that medium, you know, you can be vulnerable with your best friend or, you know, someone that you're having coffee with. But sometimes when you're a musician, your vulnerability, it translates into being vulnerable with everybody, lots and lots of people. How do you do that? You know, it's a give and take. I, I definitely am not vulnerable with every aspect of my life. And I think it's important to have things that are yours, but I think it's a, that vulnerability is a risk that I just take every time I write a song that I feel is very raw and really honest which is honestly something I try to do every time I write a song, but I just, I tell myself that the pros outweigh the cons and that for me, there's going to be, if there's just one person that connects with the story that I'm telling, no matter how raw it is or how painful it is to write it out and just share that. If there's one person that connects with that song and is all the better for it and feels a little less alone, then that is a risk that I'm willing to take. If you could go back and give yourself advice from when you started this musical journey, what would you say to yourself? I would tell myself to be patient, for sure. But I would also tell myself to meet everybody that you can. I think in the beginning I kept to myself a lot because I I was scared to share my music with people. I was really scared that people were going to try to change me as a person, as an artist, as a writer, because I don't know if that was just feelings of I'm not good enough, vulnerability, or like, I love what I have and I don't want anyone to touch it. And I think that meeting other people, there's, there's never any harm in that. And I've learned so much just in these past three years, meeting people in town, in London, in LA, in New York, who have helped shape me as an artist and a writer. And they weren't even trying to, you know, change that or do that. It's just simply having those human interactions. And again, it's like the humility question that you asked. It's opening yourself up to the perspective that there are other people in this world and life is a lot bigger than my little problems. So yeah, I tell myself to definitely take it easy and be patient, but also go out and meet people. What are some dreams or maybe a dream that you have that you hope to fulfill? I would love, I mean, a small dream. I would love to make an album and then have it pressed on vinyl, Paul. That's really the dream. But I think one of the bigger dreams that maybe not a lot of people would know about, other than the world tour, of course, I would love to write a musical one day. That's like, could be a pipe dream, but that's something that I'm always thinking of in the back of my mind. I come from a little bit of a theater background. So that's definitely one of my sparkling lofty dreams. Very cool. So tell us about the song Heaven. Yeah, I wrote Heaven two years ago in Los Angeles with Nick Bailey and Ryan Ogren. 
I had never met them before. I had no idea what to expect. I was out again in Los Angeles and just in my hotel room came up with this kind of chorus idea, the the line, heaven help me for what I'm supposed to do right now. And I sang it into my phone and headed to the co-write and was just like, guys, I kind of want to chase this idea down. And they kindly obliged. And we ended up writing this prayer that is really written in a very freeform, open sort of way. So hopefully anybody from any walk of life, whatever they're experiencing, whatever they believe or don't believe, they can listen to this song and feel encouraged and feel like they can sing along and have it mean something to them. Because it's really just kind of a cry for help in the midst of, I don't know, you know, which I feel like every single one of us experiences that maybe even once a day. At least I do. Absolutely. I would encourage everyone out there to check it out. It's it's Kevin, and you can listen to it. There's also a music video. Yes. Check we it out. We shot it in Nashville. At the beginning of the interview, I was talking about how you were signed with Villa 40, which, for the listeners out there, that's Justin Timberlake's development company. So how did that happen? Honestly, it happened through my publishing company and mutual friends, and they knew that Justin was starting this company and he was looking for artists. And so they put my name in the hat and they sent him some of my music. And thank goodness he connected with it and liked it. And I ended up getting to meet him and talk with him about this company and being a part of it. And the rest is history. What is Justin Timberlake like? He is very normal. I mean, he's definitely cool and great, but he's delightfully down to earth and very, very passionate about music and very disciplined about his career and takes that very seriously, which is really refreshing to see. What do you do when you're not making music? What would you say is your, your downtime stuff? Ooh, my downtime stuff would definitely be binge watching shows on Netflix and playing with my dog Milo. And I'm really into walks right now. Paul, I really love just taking a stroll. It really just kind of of helps put things in perspective. And also things are beautiful and in bloom now over here in Nashville. So it's nice to get out of the house every once in a while. Something that we have in common, a lot of people think (laughs) it's strange. Well, aside from from the taking (laughs) walks, is we both like to go to the movies alone. And (gasps) I, I hope that the stigma is removed from that. But uh, if we could tell everybody about that. Oh, my gosh. I love that you said that because it is polarizing. After Boy Loves Me came out, people would either tell me, like, why do you go to movies by yourself? Or, oh, my gosh, I thought I was the only one. I just that was actually the it is the opening line of the song. But if I remember correctly, that was the first line that came to me as I was starting to write Boy Loves Me was just that visual because it's something that for some reason it just feels like an overly indulgent experience to me to to buy buy myself a movie ticket and popcorn and go see a movie by myself. And thinking about it now, I haven't done that in a while and I would like to do that soon. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I even also 
sometimes enjoy just going going out to eat by myself. And yes. you go to the, the host or the hostess and they say, are you waiting on anyone? And you say, no, just me. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, don't feel bad for me. <laughs> no, it's like a very subtle, classy act of rebellion. I love it. Well spoken. What is the best thing about being Ivory Lane? <laughs> oh, sorry, I love that question. Ooh, the best thing about being Ivory Lane. Hmm. I've never been asked this question. It's brilliant. I think the best thing about being Ivory Lane is being able to meet so many different people, whether that's through social networking or going to shows and just having a good time. Like I have so much fun writing music and making music and being up on stage and the career nitty gritty can be not not as fun, (laughs) but I really do feel 1000% myself when I'm releasing music and when I'm performing it and when I'm meeting the people who are loving it. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a proper answer, but there you go. Who is Ivory Lane? (laughs) We're going deeper and deeper. (laughs) Ivory Lane is just a human being wanting nothing more than to connect with people and to make a show out of connecting with people for sure. What a great answer. Thank you. I want everyone out there to check out ivorylane.com, and Lane is spelled L-A-Y-N-E. You can also find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Ivory Lane. Watch her music videos on YouTube. Stream her on Spotify. I always like to end my interviews. I like to give the artist the stage. Just let them take... You can just take the microphone... We don't know who's listening. We never do. What mm-hmm. would you say to anyone who's tuned in? Hmm. What would I say to anyone who's tuned in? Well, first of all, hello. Nice to meet you. I would say, other than what you so beautifully put, by the way, thank you for spelling out my last name for everyone. People always tend to turn it into a street, L-A-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, please. Check out the music, but also, gosh, just wherever you're at, be all there. It's one of my favorite quotes, and I think it applies to any part of life. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. So I'm just going to share that little nugget. Wherever you're at, be all there. Ivory, thank you so much for spending time with us. Paul, thank you for having me. This has been a delight. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Paul. Goodbye.